Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome to Premier League Daily. The football season is underway and Premier League Daily is full throttle. There'll be a brand new one of these podcasts every single day, which means you can use it to keep up to date with everything that's going on in the greatest league in the world, all the news from your team and the league in general as well. Today we're going to be talking about Everton and their new acquisition up front. We're going to talk about the Community Shield and decide once and for all whether anyone really cares. And Manchester United's yeah. transfer business is again under the microscope as well. I'm Jim Salverson. With me in the studio, we've got Steve McNaughton. Hello, mate. And we've got Nama Corn over there as well. Hello, Jim. Let's kick off, though, and talk about Everton, who have signed a striker. Maybe the striker they've been looking at for the last three or four seasons. And to give us the inside scoop, we've got Greg O'Keefe from The Athletic, which is a new football subscription service that's launched in the UK. Evening, Greg. Good evening, guys. Thank you for coming on. So talk to us about Moise Keane, new boy for Everton, £25.1 million, which sounds like a decent deal for a man who has been tipped to be one of the hottest prospects in European football. No, it really does. It's, um, it's a very decent deal. Uh, I think I was surprised at the fee myself in the end. Um, and then I've heard lots of weird and wonderful suggestions about various clauses that you've had insisted upon. Uh, and as far as I understand, you know, I think there might be some sort of clause whereby they're able to uh, have a first refusal should Everton be looking to sell him further down the line um, for a lot more than that. But there's definitely no buyback clause as far as I know. So a really sound piece of business. However, he's 19 and he's not kicked the ball in the Premier League yet. So... The jury remains out to a degree, but you have to look at his pedigree, what he's done in Italy in such a short period of time at such a tender age. And you think Everton have got themselves a real player on their hands here. I can't, uh, I can't lie and say that I was a, a, a fervent disciple of Juventus last season. Um, I watched every performance, so there'll be a bit of a surprise factor, for sure, for, for many uh, Everton supporters in terms of what specific 
specifically he brings to an attack. But I know he's an intelligent player. I know he can finish. And after all, that's what Everton needs so, so badly. Because look, in pre-season games, we've been going to them with Umar Niastan up front. So <laughs> a striker is a much-needed arrival. They gave him his debut at Juventus at 16. So they obviously would have seen something there over in, in Turin. So, I mean, in terms of his sort of profile, he is a powerful and fast player. But... Do you think there may be a slight sense of naivety there to come from Serie A to the Premier League? It is a bit of a jump, even though both leagues are obviously quality. Yeah, it's it's a fair point. There might be some naivety there. Um, I think, from what I can gather, he's always played up in his age group, so Mm. it's not new for him to have to kind of sort of go up against people who are going to be maybe a bit shrewder, savvier, meaner and a bit older than him. Um, when he was 14, he was playing with 16-year-olds and, and when he was 16, as you rightly say, he was playing with men. And you, know, you can imagine in Serie A there are a few uh, defenders and a few tricks up the sleeve who, who would think uh, like nothing better than to uh, introduce a young a young lad like him to the back of their elbow or to the uh, getting blocked off abruptly while he's trying to make runs across them. So um, this is a lad who's come from quite an interesting background, actually, uh, reading to him. You know, he's, he's not come from money. He's not come from a particularly wealthy uh, childhood whatsoever. Um, he had to rely on handouts for, for a pair of football boots. Mm. And he really did, you know, sort of make it the hard way for like he went to Torino and finally he managed to get to Juve but even then he's bounced out on loan a few times and you know obviously his own self-belief and his ability has been huge he must have a great mentality and I think what I found really interesting when you say about his naivety which, which again I think is a fair point is that it seems to be a young man's world in football these days and he yeah, became sure. the first player in Europe's top five leagues to score who was born in the noughties so yeah. just to make you all feel as old as <laughs> I do <laughs> I mean is, is this the replacement for Lukaku that, that wasn't there two seasons ago three seasons ago because obviously Cenk Tosin was brought in he didn't really hit the ground running and then Everton have been relying on goals from, from elsewhere rather than through the middle in that sort of conventional number nine position so is that really yeah. the thinking behind this? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Look, Everton probably should hold their hands up and say that they've, they've failed to replace Lukaku in, mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, they, you know, they they took a risk signing back when Roberto Martin has played uh, the best part of uh, 28 million back in 2016. A lot of money there, um, but he, he delivered for Everton, uh, and I think probably we saw the best of him that we've seen in the Premier League. Full stop. Really. Um, you know, became the first Everton striker to hit 25 goals in a Premier League season, mm. um, and um, you know, really was reminiscent of some of the top centre forwards Everton have, have ever had in terms of his goal scoring. Yeah, he's not perfect; he was rough around the edges, and his touch could be up and down. But since then, they've struggled badly, and you're right to highlight, you know, a few poor decisions in recruitment with Cheng Tosin and Umar Nias and Dominic Calvert-Lewin has done extremely well for another young man to try and yeah. fill that gap last season but Dominic's problem is that he, for all his brilliant qualities as a target man he's a centre forward who currently doesn't score many so mm. you're not going to get very far with that and, and yes you're right we had goals from our wide with Charleston Sigurdsson chipped in wonderfully with, with sort of 15 goals last season but you need you need someone through the middle banging him away you need someone who can take chances when you create them in those tight games and uh, since Lukaku they really haven't had that so hopefully uh, Moise Kane can be the man to uh, to fire double figures at least and um, you know, despite his age I think he comes with such a reputation you've got to be hoping for that and to fire him into the, the sort of top six I think you're right. I think when you talk about his experience, he is young, but at the same time, he's played Serie A football. He's played in the Champions League already. He's scored goals international level. He looks absolutely mustard. But do you think 
him and Everton's other acquisitions so far this window. Have they got enough to break into that top six? You know what? I'm sorry to kind of hedge my bets, but I'll reserve judgment until, until the end of Thursday afternoon. <laughs> till the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll judge well, you. Well, might yeah. sign Ronaldo yet, Jim. Yeah. Don't know, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me till the end of the window, at least. I still think they're a little bit short in a couple of areas. I still think they need, if they're not going to get Kurt Zuma, I think they need to buy another centre-back. The jury's out massively on Yerry Mina. They've paid a lot of money for him. Um, the key position. And last season, albeit his first season in English football, I know that, but, you know, he's uh, come from Barcelona where he didn't play much, but with a massive reputation and price tag. And he just didn't look, to, he didn't look the, um, the full package for me. He, he looked like he lacked concentration and had a mistake in him. So if Zuma can't come, because Zuma was fantastic, then I'd like to see another centre-back added as an option. And then I think they need cover for Seamus Coleman. They've let John Joe Kenny go out on loan, so they're a bit short in that, in that area anyway. Coleman, as he begins to get towards the, his early 30s, is starting to slow down a little bit, picking up a few injuries. So just in terms of the, the, the teams that are going to be finishing in that top five, top six, have got real quality and depth in every position, and Everton perhaps just lack that slightly as things stand. However, massive faith in Marcel Brand, the director of football. Yeah. I think the, 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 as you rightly flagged up at the top of this part, you know, the deal he got over the line for Kane is tremendous in terms of value um, and he's a really shrewd operator and if he can go in and bring in those two extra players, they've replaced uh, Idris Sagai. Now he'll be a hard one again, that, that, you know, that's another sort of intangible so far because, the, you know, Gabamon who, who's come in, uh, Jean-Philippe Gabamon has come in, He's a similar player by all accounts to Gay, you know, similarly destructive defensive midfielder who can get about the middle of the park and really stop Everton from getting caught when they're flying forward with you, Charleston and Bernard and Keynes. But replacing Guy is a very tall order. His stats were exceptional last season. And so it's a, it's a big ask if he's going to be able to get to that level. But so far, I wouldn't question Brands in most of the things he's done. Like I say, Joey's out on Mina. But if he can get those extra two players in, it's my very long-winded way of saying yes, I do think they can get into the top <laughs> Greg, cheers for coming on. Really appreciate it. Good luck with The Athletic this season as well. Where can people find out more? Yeah, so they can go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash football or they can check out on Twitter at the Athletic UK. So um, it's really exciting, and we're hopefully going to be doing some quality, long-form journalism. And you're not going to get any of those annoying pop-up ads or autoplay videos that sort of plague most of the things <laughs> I try and read online. So it should be quite good. But no, lads, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed chatting to you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the, the episode. Cheers, Greg. Cheers, I'm Greg. sure we'll speak later in the season. Nice one. Bye now. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Let's move on because the first ball in anger has been kicked this season at the Community Shield. It was Man City versus Man City because Man City can't play themselves. They had to invite Liverpool to come and step into <laughs> the all bridge. That, all that <laughs> Jesus, there was a lot wrong with that opening Champions salvo. Champions of Europe here. Let's firstly, have a bit of respect. <laughs> firstly, the season started with the EFL on Friday night. Football does Absolutely, exist outside yeah, of the Premier yeah, yeah. League, by the way. Not on the Premier League podcast. I, yes, <laughs> I know, but let's not disrespect the Football League to start with. And secondly, <laughs> we're off to a bad start. Anger, community Shield. <laughs> well, I thought it was actually quite a decent Community Shield for once, actually. But we're going to talk about that now. We've got Steve, obviously, in the studio, Liverpool uh, fan. Yes. Let me ask you, Steve, before we get our guest yeah. on. 
Does it matter, the Community Shield? Nah. No, right, let's move on. <laughs> right, we've got Nigel Klukas on the phone, who is the host of the brand new City Sausage podcast, also does match days down at the Etihad Stadium. So, does it matter? Of course it does. Yeah, <laughs> course it does. <laughs> massive, massive trophy. Uh, you know, massive it's trophy. The first of many, hopefully, uh, for the season. Um, I mean, you know, two, two of, we've got two charity shields, uh, two league cups, one FA Cup, two league titles, domestic domination. There you go. That's what's going on. I'll tell you what, I think it's very difficult to argue that it matters unless you actually win it. But from a Man City point of view, I saw the team lineups announced and there was a load of people on Twitter going, this is not a City team that can beat Liverpool. It didn't look like City cared about this one. But then when the match started... They came out absolutely flying. One of the fastest tempo community mm. shields I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was definitely for me. It was one of the best community shields in, in a while, regardless of the result. I mean, it was it was end to end. Both teams clearly wanted to win it, uh, and yeah, it was it, it was a great game, a great game of football. And uh, if anything, it just gets us even more excited uh, for the start of the Premiership. Uh, it's just it's just it really is amazing. Both teams just look incredible. And yes, yeah, City had quite a few players missing. I know that uh, it was the first time that we saw a lot of the Liverpool players play as well, because uh, obviously that's the only thing. Both teams are so successful, and it just means that they, they, they don't get much of a rest over the summer. These mm-hmm. Players, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was great to see a few people get get some minutes, and I think he uh, I think he, you know had had Zane not got that knock, I don't think we would have seen uh, Jesus until the uh, until the second half. So, uh, but yeah, it was good for him to see him get some minutes, and uh, I, w- I would have been worried to be honest with you had he have started Jesus and, and Aguero up top because you know it's just important to just uh, just give them that much needed break. I think. What do you make of the Sane injury, inverted commas? Came off, what was it, like 13 minutes, 12 minutes in for a kick? Precautionary, but then he was pegging it around the pitch at the end of the match, so obviously not a genuine injury. Was that a case of Man City protecting an asset who is going to be off in the next week? To be honest with you, if he was going to be off in the next week, Jim, I don't think he would have started the game, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, I think the fact, I think it's more of a pre-season, because it is a pre-season friendly. Uh, you, you've got, if there's a slight knock there, then you don't you don't risk it, do you? It doesn't, you know, it's it's one of those bet safe, you know, safe, safer to get him off the pitch as soon as possible so he can recover and, uh, and just check the extent of the damage. What do you reckon then, Steve, the yeah. performance? Who do you think had the best of it? Would you say that it was fair that City came away with the trophy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was... I felt, thought we were unlucky yesterday over the 90 minutes. I think um, we did enough second half when we got into our rhythm and got going and caused them a few problems. And obviously Liverpool have a habit of hitting the woodwork quite a lot. Mm. Um, and outstanding clearance from Kyle Walker off the line. So on another day, we, we'd have run that 3 or 4 one. Um, I thought Liverpool would be a much better team if Salah could finish. Yeah, I mean, what, what a player he'd be if he could yeah. put the ball in the net. Well, he hit the I think, post you know, and he, Van Dijk hit the bar. Yeah, uh, Edison made a couple of good saves, as you yeah. say. Walker's clearance. So yeah, Liverpool did have good chances. Yeah, I think it's, it's when Liverpool play Man City. I mean, me and Nigel have talked. We talk about this every time we bump into each other. It, you're just flipping a coin, I think, on the day. You know who's going to get it, and the penalties are a lottery. And, Wijnaldum's penalty wasn't great, um, didn't really give the keeper a difficult job and it's just that that's how it is really and I think both teams, you know, they're the best in the country by some way and I think it's going to be an exciting season for the two of them again and I think, you know, it's fair play to them for getting it yesterday really. 
I mean, they say this game doesn't matter and it is just the season opener. It's kind of the precursor to the Premier League kicking off properly. But when you saw Liverpool playing, mm. and I'll ask you as well, Nigel, from a City point of view, is there one yeah. thing you look at that and go, well, that's what I take away for this season. That's the learn yeah. from that game is this. That's it. It's for, me, for me, Jim, it's about minutes. It's about, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's all about pre-season, getting some minutes under your belt and it doesn't get more competitive than when you're playing against Liverpool, whether it's a friendly or not. Uh, that the tempo is ridiculous and, and it just sets them in good stead for, for next week and hopefully hopefully Zane is not, isn't, isn't I mean, it doesn't look like it is, hopefully he's going to be absolutely fine but both teams got out of it injury free and, and that's that's what you want, you know, mm. there were still some tackles flying in and, and both, you know clearly both teams wanted to win the game but yeah, I mean, it's it's great, It's uh, it really does, like I said earlier on, it just it just sets everything up for what's going to be another incredible season and uh, don't get, I'm I mean, it's going to be the two of us again, but I, I do think as well that Tottenham uh, are, going, are going to be in the mix. They've made a they've made a great signing in midfield, and, and Tottenham, you know, they look like they're going to make another addition or two, and uh, I think they're going to be up there with City and Liverpool this year. I really do. Top man, Nigel, cheers for coming on. Where can people find the City Sausage podcast? Yeah, well, it's brand new, so it's on all the all the usuals, iTunes, Spotify, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a podcast with a bit of a difference. We're trying to have a laugh with it, but it's early days, and uh, yeah, if anyone wants to uh, wants to have a look, find us on Twitter and all the socials at City Sausage, and uh, yeah, just give us a listen, and uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Thank you, Jim. Good luck with it, Nigel. Cheers, Nigel. Thank you for that, man. Nice Thanks one, Nigel. a lot, guys. Enjoy Cheers, the mate. season. I'll tell you what worries me slightly, Steve, when yeah. I look at that Liverpool performance the weekend, and it was a really even game. I think City had the first. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. had the second half yeah, yeah. you go either way but you yeah. look at the two benches and I think that's a perfect demonstration of where Liverpool's challenges are this yeah. season because you look at the City bench and had Gundogan and Jesus and Aguero and Edison and Foden on it you look at the Liverpool bench Lovren Oxley chamberlain Lalana, Mignolet, Shakiri. It's just lacking a little Equally bit of strength good. and depth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just loving how we were talking about how it's been one of the best Community Shields for a while. Like we've the watched all of the games it's over the last bar. 10 years. <laughs> oh, remember the 2012 Community Shield? No one <laughs> remembers it. No one knows what's been going on. But no, to be perfectly fair, what impressed me about both teams is... I know it's a pre-season friendly, but there is a trophy on the line. It is at Wembley. But when Man City scored and Sterling scored, they didn't go absolutely mental, the Mm. players, but they certainly showed a fair amount of emotion and passion. I think that's what Pep drills into his players. Jurgen Klopp, obviously a very passionate manager as well. Um, It it wasn't like your general pre-season goal where, you know, pat on the back, back to the halfway line, lads, let's go again. Um, It was genuinely celebrated. Of course they did. And both teams do because... With the the way the season went last year, with both teams being neck and neck and yeah. some really crucial encounters between both sides. I mean, you look back to that game, I think it was a Thursday night back in January where it was Manchester City against Liverpool mm. and, and people were saying, you know, this the Premier League could, could pivot on this. Tonight. You know, it could yeah, be decided yeah. here. Um, and I think that every time that those two teams come up against each other, as, as Steve says, they're the two best teams in England quite comfortably at the moment. So I think that really does add uh, an extra edge and and as Nigel was saying on the phone I think that just goes to show that once you are competitive against someone that doesn't go away no matter whether that's a no, friendly no. or a league game or a cup game no. or what so that that was encouraging to yeah. see well, I think the, the you know when you're talking about the, the squad depth at Liverpool that's the biggest concern and that's why I'm completely gobsmacked we've not done more this this transfer window uh, I think first 11 Liverpool fantastic like you said but when you kind of start dipping into that bench especially if players yeah. get injured if you lose Firmino or yeah. Mane or well we Salah. missed Mane yesterday you know you're thinking if Mane was on the pitch yesterday could that have been the difference in, in Liverpool getting the job done 
Um, who knows? But I just think I'm surprised that he signed Harvey Elliott and I'm surprised and, and Seth Vandenberg and, and that's it. And the noises that are coming out that saying, you know, we can't do it every season, you know, go in and go big after these Galacticos. Yeah. Well, well Liverpool was super profitable. And you probably your stock's really as high as it's been for the last ten years, surely. Massively. You know, when we were talking off air about you know the potential kit deal Liverpool are gonna sign, you know, that's on the you know, in the in the background and commercially they've never been more attractive and there's yeah. never been more money going into the club now I'm not kind of saying we're going, we need to go and sign an Usman Dembele from Barcelona mm. for 130 million but you look at it and you go where can we strengthen because my attitude is that if you don't evolve you die completely embodied in the news that's coming out today Simon Mignolet leaving the club yeah. Yeah. and a replacement yeah. being brought in in the shape of ex-West Ham keeper Adrian <laughs> San Miguel who is, is that, he's, he's he's Adrian San Miguel he's yeah. about as useful Place. as a pint of lager is that <laughs> so who was released, who was released by West Ham yeah. last season on a free transfer. He's available on a free at the moment. I mean, Mignolet isn't the world's greatest goalkeeper. No, he's, he's, he's error-strewn, yeah. But you'd right. probably say San Miguel Adrian is not an upgrade on, on him. And, it, and he's your number two. You yeah. want a solid yeah. number yeah. two. Well, I was talking um, uh, to one of my, my friends, Paul, about this last night, and... Um, and we were saying whoever comes in uh, as, as Mignolet's replacement, and just for the record, he was the consummate professional last season as mm. well. When Alisson come in, you know, he got he, he trained hard, he got his head down, and if you follow him on Instagram, which I don't expect you to do, but <laughs> he was always very pro the team and the achievements on the yeah. pitch of what was going on. So, I, you know, I wish him really well. But whoever's com- coming in, they're not going to get games unless Alisson yeah. gets injured. So you've yeah. got to sign a player who's going to be happy to sit on the bench. And which, to be fair, Adrian, that's exactly what yes, he is. Yes, he is yes, a but, top but professional. Also, Alisson, even, as good as he is, you can't allow your goalkeeper, your first-choice goalkeeper, to get comfortable. Yeah. That's why Burnley mm. have had such good goalkeepers, because they've had Nick Pope, Joe Hart, Tom Heaton, they had Anders Lindegaard, of course, who used to play for United. So they had four keepers. They were all pushing each other. Uh, and that gave Sean Dyche a headache. It's a lovely headache to have as a manager. Mm, yeah. But is Adrian really going to push Allison to the next level yeah. in training? Is he really going to yeah. make Allison worry about his place? Of course he's not. Which is some something for me, which makes me think it's a bit of a bit of a strange signing. But he's got Premier League experience, yeah. and that's probably why they've brought mm. him in. And in terms of Liverpool's business, this transfer window, I think aside from Robertson for what was it, eight million or something? From Hull, yeah. The most shrewd business Liverpool have done in the last few seasons is bringing in Jared and Shakiri for. 12 million? Peanuts. Yeah, 12, 13 million, Peanuts. something like that it was, yeah. So Liverpool have obviously got a knack of uh, earthing out these gems from in the English game. From well, to be the fair, they didn't really game. uncover Shakiri, did he? He was tearing up the Premier League with Stoke and they just happened to get relegated Stoke. and they got a bargain. Well, you can't tear the Premier League up if your team goes down, Jim. <laughs> For God's sake, you know, he, he didn't want to play in the Championship. Stoke signed some good players, didn't they? Boyan was there as well. I mean, you know, look, look what's happened to them. Mm. Most of their players uh, have obviously I parted ways. I believe what's happened to him in, in yeah, Absolutely. But, I mean, you look, Liverpool can pick up Shakiri for £13 million. They can scout Robertson for £8 million. Pounds. So they, they do have, a, you know, these areas... In, in, in sort of terms of looking for talent, so why haven't they done that again this window? Mm. Yeah, you know, you yeah. don't have to spend well, seventy-five yeah. million on Van Dijk. Yeah. You know, you can go and spend fifteen million on a player. Maybe, maybe not so much as you could have done two years ago with yeah. the way the market's inflated. But still, even a, a cheeky fifteen, twenty-five million here or there mm. could have got Liverpool someone, yeah. ex, you know, decent who could so have strengthened that, them. Like, Robbo's not got any backup really. I mean, we talked about it in uh, the podcast previously. I think he's going to be going with Curtis Jones as, as well, Moreno's him. gone. Isn't Moreno's he, so? gone. So you're kind of thinking. You know who's the next Andy Robertson who can kind of come in and just you know step up should he get injured if they get lucky with yeah. no injuries which then they, they did might last compete season still but it's yeah. a big if isn't it so I you know I mean I think there's some some, some um, uh, you know redevelopments at the mm. ground going on and maybe that's kind of pulling on the finances and especially with that training facility you know getting 
it's way down the line with that. They spent a lot of money because they're going to move from Melwood. Um, so I, I don't know, but you know, I, I mean, me, my friend keeps kind of like you know reassuring me that everything's <laughs> going to be okay. But I'm, Gives you I'm a, a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gives me a it's hug. all right, mate. I'm a bit worried about it that we we're kind of standing still a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I say, you've got to evolve because while everyone else strengthens, you've got to kind of go right. Okay, where's our risks and you know what's our strengths, weaknesses, and what what's the threats? And we don't appear to have done that. So mm-hmm. we, it, we, we'll have to see what happens. Um, obviously, I still think we're going to be in the mix. And we're going to be up there, but I think, um, yeah, let's see. Let's keep it on the topic of transfer business for now. And quickly, before we wrap up, let's talk about Manchester United's transfer business. I'm not going to talk about Harry Maguire. That looks like it's going to get yeah. over the line at some yeah. point today. The medical will be completed, 80 million quid. So it might have even happened by the time you're You've listening said that to before, this. Though, Jim. I know. I have to feel like a broken record with that one. What I thought was really interesting was the way Harry Maguire rocked up at Carrington for his medical, carrying a Gucci bag. Because yeah. do you remember when he turned up? England at St George's Park for first England call up he had two bin bags <laughs> with his <laughs> yeah, kit with in and now he's in, got yeah. a Gucci bag he's gone yeah. all big time our times have changed but let's talk about Zabala from Juventus yeah. which has come crashing to an end well yeah. supposedly Manchester United pulling out because he was demanding £330,000 a week no, it's think, not like they can't do that is it well I just think it depends who you believe and I'm not going all Donald Trump here you know <laughs> fake news and all that stuff but some reports suggesting Manchester United were never even interested in Dybala in the first place. Really? That Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't even interested in Paolo Dybala. Whether I believe that or not is another mm-hmm. question. I'm not sure I entirely believe that. But some reports suggesting that the agent wanted too much, the player wanted too much. It was um, unrealistic wages, etc., etc. And other reports suggesting that Paolo Dybala was never even on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's radar. And then there's other reports suggesting Bruno Fernandes, who was another target this summer, supposedly, was never even on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's radar. So it depends what you believe and who mm. you believe. And of course, Manchester United being such a big club, you're going to get lots of different reports and lots of different rumours and well, ideas about what's going on. Well, it interest from other clubs, doesn't it? If you're linked with Manchester United, suddenly a load of other clubs yeah. go, oh, yeah. is he available? Well, the press and agents and football players are all intrinsically linked. Mm. Maybe not all directly linked, but certainly... You know, if, if you're an agent and you want to get your player removed, because effectively that's how an agent makes money, you are probably likely to stir the pot a little bit. Fan the flames, stoke yeah. the fire, any sort of phrase you can think of to describe it. You know what I'm talking about. So that's the sort of thing that happens. What I find interesting about Manchester United, as I did see someone tweet a Manchester United fan the other day saying, uh, Wan Bissaka, Daniel James, Maguire, Bruno Fernandes and uh, Paolo Dybala. What an excellent chance window for Manchester United, by which point... They'd only signed two of those, Juan Bissaka, Daniel James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harry Maguire's not over the line yet. Yeah. And they've only got two or three or whatever it is a week left to, to, to yeah. finalise the other other two players, which isn't going to happen. So there was another funny tweet that someone posted in response of about 15 aeroplanes all side by side <laughs> flying into Manchester Airport saying, oh, yeah, here's all the United that. players yeah, coming in for their medicals, that, which yeah. made me chuckle. Yeah. I do think Dybala would have been a great signing for United. I, I, do. Do. I do. But if there is any truth in it, and the fact that United went, look, you don't want to come here. You want 330 grand a week. No thanks. I think that, if it is true, shows a great progression for Manchester United and their transfer business. They've kind of learned from their mistakes, potentially, and they are going to chase this young, hungry, talented player idea. All I'd say is if you were Dybala, you were not frozen out under Max Allegri, but you didn't have a great season at Juventus last season under Allegri in the shadow of Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. who's always going to be the star, no matter how old he is, wherever he goes, he is always going to be the top the man at years. any club. You know, he could retire at 50 and he'd <laughs> still be the top man at any club. So that's that's one thing. 
Secondly, this season, Allegri's gone. Maurizio Sarri has come in. And maybe Paolo Dybala fits more into Maurizio mm. Sarri's plans than Max Allegri's plans. And perhaps it is a fresh start for Paolo Dybala. And he's but one of the younger players in that team as well. He's one of the younger players. He's an Argentine international. He is a top quality player. But also he plays in the Champions League. That's where you want to be. Yeah. As a top European mm. player, you want to be playing in the Champions League. Manchester United cannot offer him that. And people that say, oh yeah, it's the Premier League, blah, blah. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I'd rather be playing for Juventus mm. against Bayern Munich, against Liverpool, against Manchester City, against whoever, once every three weeks, than playing against Burnley, Sheffield United, Norwich City, Bournemouth, Brighton, etc., etc. Yeah, OK, it's a tough league. It's the toughest league in the world, the Premier League. Don't want to slag it off because, I mean, I love it. It's the reason we're doing this podcast. Mm. But... I think if you're Dybala, Manchester United, although it is an attractive proposition and it always will be, the size of the club will always make it attractive. I just don't think if you're in that position, you leave Juventus. Nah. Very quickly from a United point of view, Lukaku probably is going to go to Inter. They've got Greenwood, Sanchez, Rashford, Martial as their front four. They're their striking options. Do they need to strengthen this window now? Like I say, a couple of days left. Do they need another striker or can they settle on that for this season? I think they need someone else. Yeah, I think so. I, don't, I, I think, I think that's a lot of pressure to put on to put on, uh, them, to put on a lads, yeah. yeah to put on a Marcus Rashford who isn't hundred percent consistent to put on a Martial who also isn't hundred percent consistent and to put on a seventeen-year-old kid in Mason Greenwood who's not kicked a ball in the Premier League yet. Well, at least they got Sanchez. Guaranteed. Well, this might be the season, Jim. Yeah, this maybe. might you be the season. Put the responsibility on his shoulders and say, "Can a drive us forward?" He might kind of take take that task and, mm-hmm. and run with it you know who knows but it's it's a struggle for United it's, mm-hmm. you know nothing kind of quite fits right I think Harry Maguire can improve them as a team he can't make them any worse at the back um, like I've said with the fee and stuff like that in the past not his fault but I, th- I think they'll, they'll be a bit tighter at the back I just don't think they'll score enough goals Boys, thank you very much. That is it for Cheers. Premier League Daily today. We'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new show. Make sure you subscribe to us so you never miss an episode and make sure you give us a review on iTunes or whoever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time on Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what? they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus